Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. Hi. All right. Episode 12, Social Witnessing Podcast with a very special guest, the one and only Michael Schwartz. What's up, Mike? Hi. How are you doing? How are you doing, buddy? I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So tell us, Mike, I haven't spoken to you in quite some time. I, I can't even remember the last time we saw you. It's been a little while. What have you been up to and what's been going on for you these last uh, couple of months as the world's taken a turn? Yeah. So I think we last saw each other at a wedding a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. And um, yeah, since then I've been I've been you know continuing to work and uh, I work for a museum here in Vancouver and um, my wife and I were away on vacation like just shortly before um, everything went sideways. Um, you know, we there were that was the start of March, so that we you know we knew what was going on in uh, China and it all seemed very far away. And while we were away, things were bubbling up in Italy. And then by the time we got back, it was, it was here. And, um, where were you? We were in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, we thought about it briefly about like whether that was a good idea. And it seemed like nothing was happening on North America yet. And so it seemed safe. So we went ahead with it. And then, got back on the 11th and went to work on the 12th like normal and like we went through security in the airport and everything it was there were some signs on the screens that were saying like you know keep an eye on your health for the next two weeks see if anything weird is happening but there were no like you know you must stay home or anything right and so the next day uh, I was at work and Bonnie Henry did this press conference where she's like, anyone who's been out of the country uh, should stay home for 14 days. And like, we had made it in under the wire. So I guess technically it didn't really apply to us, but we both talked to them. And we're like, uh, I guess that's us. Like we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be at the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went into seclusion for two weeks and over those two weeks, especially that first week, changed rapidly on a daily basis and I remember um talking with like people in work and stuff and they're like oh or like things we were plans we were making and people were like oh let's just let's stick to the plan and see what happens but I felt very much like having been traveling being hyper aware of like "Mm, none of those plans are going to happen like you two will be staying home very shortly and sure enough that's what happened and yeah I was crazy were you guys guys a little like freaked out the fact that you were out in airports and on planes and stuff or was that two weeks pretty were you able to keep it pretty mellow uh yeah so like the town that we were visiting seemed like everyone seemed normal and seemed healthy and life was going on as normal it was only when we were um, in the airport, the port of Vallarta, to come home. Like we were staying in a small little town 
an hour or two away from Puerto Vallarta, but we had to go back through PV to get back to Vancouver. And being in that airport with all those tourists who had been in, um, you know, all-inclusive resorts and maybe were less cautious than we are. And, you know, there was murmurs that, you know, we knew that the, there was this um, cruise ship that was stuck outside of being held outside San Francisco that had passed through Puerto Vallarta. Mm-hmm. And there was talk that the guy, there was no way of tracing whether the person like had been off the the boat into the town and there was murmurs that like there were cases that weren't being reported and the Mexican government was keeping it hush hush because they're like so reliant on tourism so like while we were in the airport we were being like hyper alert um and then when we got back here we were just like we feel okay things seem all right and um let's just be careful um not taking anything for granted. And I remember like once we got past a week, starting to feel like, okay, like we can just have a, a breath and like there's a much lower probability that something's up with us personally. Mm-hmm. Right. As long as it's, you know, and if there is something like we're being as safe as possible, we're, we're not making contact with anyone, we're staying in our home. And so, you know, we just, that's what was worrying us is like if we're, carrying it not knowing it we didn't want to like you know inadvertently pass it on to our parents or other you know relatives who maybe are more vulnerable than us right and what's been happening since so when you finished your 14 days since then what what has been your story yeah so during that time i had to continue working and i was able to do so remotely and then so that kind of provided a transition to when 14 days lapsed and like suddenly everybody's working remotely, like my office are all at home. Um, And fortunately we have like, you know, remote desktop and whatever. So we're able to, and it's a small team. So only three of us were able to like stay in contact pretty well. So the first week was kind of, I think working out the kinks of like that workflow and then readjusting which projects are, the highest priority you know um and kind of reconfiguring our plan so that we can respond to our community and provide for them you know what is most relevant um and in the time since yeah uh, we've gotten into a flow here at home um sticking to a pretty decent routine of working pretty much regular hours um i mean it's the same, but different, right? Like there's no commute (laughs) a little longer to like have a leisurely breakfast. Um, And like, just trying to stay focused during the day. Um, Even though like I'm not getting the exercise I would normally get, you know, can't go to the gym. And I, I usually walk a lot. Like I walk every day to and from work and running errands and stuff. And so, you know, just burning off all that energy and that's not happening. So finding ways to do that, you know, I definitely notice like if there are days where I don't, then I like wake up at three in the morning 
yeah yeah we've had that problem too just like every night and i I never really actually thought of that like oh it's just because you're you're like a bit stir crazy but yeah that might be that's an interesting explanation for it well i mean i found it like before like you know if there were times where i was just busy with work or meetings or stuff that i didn't get to the gym on a regular basis or i didn't go for a run then and I had gotten, and, you know, I'd been in the habit of doing that regularly. If I had, if I fell out of it, then I would like, yeah, I wake up at three or four in the morning and I'm like, it's not like I've had a bad dream or something or just like, I'm anxious, but I start yeah. to think about all the things I need to do tomorrow and I need to figure it out. I need to get up, write it down. Yeah. So I don't feel this obligation to like, oh, I need to remember this. I need to remember this. And then like do some push-ups and read a book, you know, and just kind of like calm my mind. And then I generally can get back to sleep. That's lucky. I think we were like, we were saying the other day, I'm like, Oh, it's 2am time to get up and start my day (laughs) (laughs) on repeat. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is one uh, compulsion, one possible reaction, but I've, I mean, I don't know for you, but for me, I feel like that would be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd be fine until like three or 4 PM and then I would crash and probably take a nap and not and wake up at like 11 and have scrambled eggs. And then like time really loses all meaning for the next couple of days because like, there's no such thing as day or night. It's just like <laughs> work until I'm tired again. <laughs> So how, how isolated are you guys staying now? Like, are you still going out for runs? Are you going out for walks? Are you going to the grocery store? What's, what's life like? Well, we got into this habit because we didn't know if we were infected. And so we were really um, immediately when we got back, we're like, we should order groceries. And so we did, you know, huge order um, from Save On. And that lasted us for like two weeks. And we just realized, like, this is so much easier. (laughs) We're just going to do this because, you know, it's a a song and dance to go to the grocery store to, like, put on, to be, you know, thoughtful about what clothing you're going to wear. Because when you come back, you want to strip down and throw it all in the washing machine immediately and touch nothing. Yes. And so, like, (laughs) I made the mistake of wearing my wool sweater to the grocery store one day. And I got back, I was like, Oh God, what was I thinking? Like that can't go in the wash. Like, oh, gotta is- isolate yeah. for two weeks. Yeah, and it's like my favorite cozy sweater, and now it's like I don't know in a garbage bag. <laughs> so, On the roof. Yeah. So if you know, like, and I'm generally like food is part of my routine, uh, and part of my therapy, like my creative my creative outlet and so i'm used to like thinking of what i want to make for dinner that day what am i what am i in the mood for and like picking stuff up on the way home Mm -hmm. and so that's just not an option anymore and so and i thought that it would be a pain and it would like make me a little nutty to just have to work with what's in the house but it's actually kind of calming um because have a good pantry of like flavorful things like like uh chili paste and fish sauce and pickles and like the things that can kind of add 
excitement to a dish. And so then if I just have basics in the fridge, you know, a good assortment of vegetables and some meat and some fruit and like greens and, you know, basic stuff, then like bean uh, using like beans and dry goods a lot more now. Like I can make those things interesting. I can still be creative and like, you know, having the constraints uh, forces creativity. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of becomes a new way of fun. It's more interesting in a way. Have you been feeling any of the, like kind of the underlying panic that's happening right now among some people with like meat plants closing in, in Alberta. And then now just like they came out with another, a packing plant in, um, here the packing plant yeah. here is, is infected as well and so now they're predicting that there's going to be shortages on certain types of food and they think like the doomsdayers think it's going to spread to more things do you feel any of that like are you guys starting to feel like you need to start stocking up or i'm not prone to panic i mean i and i didn't think it was going to be an issue i i my wife was starting to worry about it a few days ago. She's always ahead of the curve on me on things like this, but like in a good way, uh, it seems. Um, but I was like, no, no, we're going to be fine. Like maybe in the States, like, cause they're just, oh man, dumpster fire. Yeah. And, but like, we don't, you know, we, we eat Canadian meat. Like we all, we produce it here. It's like, much higher health regulations and so it's going to be okay and there's less people it's like it's not going to be and and i don't know now you know maybe it will be an issue but also i think that we'll figure it out we'll be fine you know and if we can't eat meat for a few weeks like we'll we'll deal because like there's plenty of other things you can eat that can keep you nourished and if you know your way around the kitchen, like you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll probably get boring, uh, but like I don't know. I don't. I don't like to dwell on like what could happen beyond a certain point, you know. Because if you start to think about like all the possible outcomes of like the millions of ways that things can go wrong, like I don't know why bother getting out of bed in the morning. That's the <laughs> That's... question I ask myself every morning. <laughs> why even bother we're all gonna die you just profiled the news. <laughs> well you know that's the one thing you can rely on you will die all yeah. will die so like make your time worthwhile like don't like do something make something create something like that's i mean that's my motivation i don't know and i think that i mean i work in history i work for a museum and like i I'm, I'm kind of an immersed in it. I have been for years. That, and like, I don't love and fetishize like, oh, you know, like whatever the Kings of England and blah, 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 or, you know, faraway places. But I, I do find that like, just hearing the stories of what um, our community has been through and what like my family members have been through generations back. Like, you know, we've all seen worse, not necessarily us personally, but like, I think that um, frankly, growing up in a Jewish household, you hear nonstop stories of suffering. Mm-hmm. And so you build resiliency, knowing like, you know, seeing, frankly, like I've been thinking a lot about my grandparents as a result of this whole situation 
and having them grown up in the depression the things that like seemed I didn't really notice as a kid and then as I grew up started to seem weird like the fact that one of my grandmothers had two chest freezers full of frozen food at all times uh like it was just like oh well that's that's what grandmothers do because Mm -hmm. like you know they they always have people coming through the house they need to be prepared but like upon reflection it's like oh no that's because she grew up like in you know hard times where you had to have a backup supply in case things went sideways yeah um and so like i wonder a lot about like if you know that's going to be the implication down the road for us like we are going through something that's turning everything upside down and so like are we going to be the you know crazy aunts and uncles and grandmothers with like bizarre houses like oh uncle michael that's you know that's why he does that crazy thing that's why, why do you have 400 cans of beans in your basement <laughs> exactly. exactly you know like stored in the garden shed or whatever <laughs> you know? like yeah that's I... why he mills his own wheat because he doesn't trust the man <laughs> you know it's like yeah uh, i i when i'm at my peak anxiety, I try and remember that there's literally never been in human history a better time to be alive during some horrible thing that's going on. And in a better country. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're like, like in, in poker, we call that the nut-nut, meaning the best possible of all situations. Like, if right. you're going to have a bad situation, this is the one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, let's see. I mean, it sounds trite, and cliche but like you know counting our blessings or like you know we've hear you know people will talk about like oh gratitude have gratitude blah 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 mm-hmm. we've been hearing that for years but like frankly like that's really coming resonating with me in the past month or so it's like i live in canada you know and that's really luck of the draw like my family was in Europe, was in Chicago. Like I could be in Chicago right now, which is not a great place, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) at the moment. It's a lot of fun under normal circumstances, but like Vancouver is kind of the best of the best. Not only do we have a government who is, despite its flaws, not like tyrannical and doesn't, isn't like, you know, or no longer putting people in camps, because of the color of their skin. Um, And we have a free press, even though it's like suffering, you know, like Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, CBC is not Pravda, right? Like, and I don't think anyone thinks it is, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, and, and Frank, and having like Bonnie Henry doing the press release every day, like she seems to really know what she's talking about and she speaks with confidence and she doesn't, you know, insult uh, reporters who ask her a reasonable question, like some people we know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> who would that be? <laughs> no need to answer. We don't need this, this guy <laughs> on us. We're just a little, a little podcast. Yeah, leave us alone. You're not the only guys listening. Right. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So, and, and how's your wife dealing with all this? Do you, is she kind of on the same wavelength as you? Is she as calm as you about it? Uh, has as much perspective? Or is she a little more on the higher anxiousness scale? 
Um, she's a she's a, a little more concerned, um, and sh- and I mean both of us go through waves, right? Like it's up and down, but not. I wouldn't say it's extremes. It's not like really flying off the handle. Um, but like some days are scary and some days are okay. And, and you know, some sometimes that changes hour to hour. But like, so she does graphic design. She does um, like a lot. A lot of her business is wedding invitations, and so um, it's definitely a concern that like there aren't going to be any weddings happening this year, mm-hmm. and like. Who knows how quickly that's going to come back? I mean, the hope is that, um, you know, there'll be twice as many next year when things go back to normal and like right. people will be having parties left, right, and center for no good reason just because yeah. <laughs> we made it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe that's what will happen. That'd be great. Um, but for the time being, the uncertainty is a uh, little scary. Um, and like again, you know, we're really fortunate that that we, we should be able to get through it. You know, like we're not in such a we're not in a precarious situation. You know, as I know a lot of people are, where like uh, if things go on for more than a couple of months, like it's, things get dire. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I think, you know, we're, we're, we have enough of a safety net that it'll take a lot, I think, for uh, us to get very scared, you know, or have to like totally rejig our lives, um, which is really fortunate, you know, and you also like realize in these times, like, how much do you really need, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> just being a little more thoughtful about uh, how often you go for dinner or, you know, how many beers you have or whatever, like the little extra things that maybe just like aren't necessary. And maybe you don't need to eat, uh, you know, steak, maybe, you know, uh, boiled beans is just fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've noticed that this really is just cut down on any, like, I think we're not really big consumers, but I find it's really cut down on consumerism. Do you find like like, I don't know what your lifestyle was before, but even just like walking down the street, I'd be like, oh yeah, we need that. And like no second thoughts. Whereas now I don't see things anymore. So I don't buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think normally I'm pretty uh, thoughtful about what I buy. I try to buy like, you know, clothes that will last me for a long time and aren't just like, because they're fashionable or whatever. And I try to, um, you know, cook the majority of our meals at home, you know, but like, yeah, I like to go to a nice restaurant like every couple of weeks and, you know, try the new place and sure, we'll have another glass of wine and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really, um, I've never really had a, a compulsion towards like flashy things um and so try to just uh focus on having things that that um like experiences you know that's why meals become so much of it is like because it's it's being with someone or a group of people who you love and you're just like you know uh celebrating and being together right yeah and like 
I think that's a hard thing. I mean, we're making good meals at home. We're being together in that way, but like not being able to have, you know, more friends over or having the family over and like having a special meal. Like that's been weird. Is that, is that what you find to be kind of the hardest part of this is the, the, I guess the isolation part of it. Um, yeah. Like I like just being with people, you know, and I've actually, I, I think I thought it would be worse. Um, be, but, and I think that if it happened, if this happened a few years ago, it would have been worse. Um, but the fact that like, there's so much technology to like talk to people, whether it's, zoom or just a phone call or whatever like and everyone's comfortable with that um is great and i think that because so many people are feeling the need to talk to each other that we're reaching out you know like the first in the first couple of weeks of this whole situation my first impulse was to like call up my dear friends who live in cities all over the place who sometimes, you know, we go for six months without talking to each other mm-hmm. because I think in normal circumstances, you assume that like, oh, everyone's so busy. I shouldn't just like randomly call them because they're like putting their kid to bed or they're at work, like whatever it is, it must be more important. Um, but like, I just went through the list and it was like, these are the people I love who I've known for a good long time and I want to know they're okay. you know and I think the feeling was mutual it was really appreciated to just like and like in every single case it was like why don't we do this more often like why do we need a crisis (laughs) (laughs) to compel us to do this you know because we like each other and we want to know that everybody's doing okay you know under normal circumstances well Mike we'd like to be on that list and anytime you feel like calling you just go right ahead (laughs) sure (laughs) and we do group chats too I don't think like we just didn't do that type of thing but now it's becoming almost a necessity to just see people yeah now that Zoom's become a household name Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I find it bizarre like how um, I mean this is a really minor point but like how Zoom became the, the platform that everyone's using like without question just like immediately was the thing because every major technology company has one of these like group chat things Mm -hmm. right and somehow it wasn't like oh we'll use the google version or the facebook version or whatever it's like no zoom done (laughs) and somehow everyone was in consensus on that decision I, i wonder how it spread like for me like we use it at work so it's like a normal thing to do and I've used Google Hangouts. It's, it can be really, uh, like, have a lot of interference and not, oh, yeah, I wonder how it got so big. Like, <laughs> it's just, everybody knew well, it was. Well, I think that that's what it is. I think yeah. that it's it's in the workplace. It somehow was the majority one. I don't know. People were comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's what's the plan or even just the what, what's the thinking going forward? Um, are you guys kind of prepping to hunker down? Like, you know, we get these numbers thrown around all the time now. Oh, this is going to last through summer. This is going to last into the new year. 2022, we're going to still be social distancing. Are you guys taking it kind of day by day or are you thinking further ahead? 
Um, I think that we have kind of figured out a routine in terms of, you know, we, we know that we can like have enough food for two weeks and not have many reasons to go outside. Um, like we've been through it a little bit, you know, it's not totally new. And so obviously we don't want it to continue. Um, and I think that, but we're, but we, but we'll deal, you know, we'll be okay with it. I think. And I, I, I don't know. I just have a feeling that like things will gradually open up, you know, if um, things continue to taper off locally and if there's uh, restrictions on, you know, introducing any new uh, people coming in and out of the country or coming in and out of the region, like there must be ways for it to open up. I don't know. Not as, and, and I don't think that things are going to return to normal. Like, I don't know what, um, but something new that will be more manageable. Yeah. We're going to arrive at a new normal at some point, but it's going to take a long time to get there. Yeah, I'd really like it to be sooner rather than later. I think, like you said, that there's ups and downs. I think today was more of a down for us. And we had a couple of like, oh, I just want this to be over now. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those types of days. Mm-hmm. But I think like we just keep trying to find something positive in it. And like for us, just like you said, like being creative. Is there anything like new you've found in this where you've it's opened up some sort of creative avenue that you didn't really capitalize on before you didn't even know was in you? I mean, I've been picking up the guitar more often because <laughs> <laughs> I have time. I'm just like, I, you know, things that I always wanted to do. But like, I mean, in work, like I'm finding uh, finding creative opportunities there, you know, um, like going into it, it was like, well, shit, what do we do, you know, um, and uh, being in communication with like museum professionals elsewhere. Um, I mean, like I'm in t- touch with a, you know, a number of local museum professionals and like the impact locally has been really harsh. You know, a lot of institutions dumping half their staff or mm-hmm. huge amount of people. So, you know, a number of friends have lost their jobs or at least temporarily lost their jobs and, you know, different organizations of different scales have handled it in different ways. Um, and so I've, I've felt like fortunate to be on a small team that runs really lean and efficiently. Um, and so there's not a lot of bureaucracy in, you know, reorienting the ship. Um, and so we've, you know, we realized like we're, we need to provide programming and we are a, primarily main focus is a community archive and this is history this is a historic moment so Mm -hmm. we need to get the stories so we put out an appeal last week to the local jewish community of tell us what's going on you know um i know you know i mean passover was a couple weeks ago and i know my family i don't know how your family did it but we wound up having a zoom seder uh because the only way we could be together yeah and that was weird, you know, never seen that before, but it kind of was, um, you know, uh, what they say, uh, uh, necessity is the mother of an invention, right? Like it was a great solution. And 
the story of Passover is so perfect for these times of as a story that, that every year we come back to as our root identity of origin story of, of forged through obstacles through you know a time of difficulty and throughout history the Jewish people have returned to that story for inspiration and other communities uh, who are facing obstacles and racism and so forth I mean I think of the civil rights struggle like draw inspiration from that story and so here it was like a week or two into this situation and I think um, I mean I was starting to feel pretty down and um, didn't really want to do it but a friend actually asked requested it a non-Jewish friend was like we do Seder let's do it you know I need this right now and I was like all right so I um, got behind the wheel and like put my heart and soul into it I made a custom Haggadah for the service and it was really rejuvenating uh, to like immerse myself in that for a little while uh, and it puts it in perspective that like we've seen hard times and we've made it through and we have built community institutions um, to be resilient um, and so yeah coming back to work you know that rejuvenated me and so you know want, coming back to the the story of the archives like that is historic like that is you know a big event uh, this this is a big event and so as the you know communal memory of the community we need to uh, be stepping up to make sure that there's like solid documentation of what it was like to go through this and what comes of that material it's too soon to say uh, but that's not that's tomorrow's problem you know the point today is like let's just get as much as we can and figure out what to do with it later whether that means an exhibit or a publication or who knows um, mm -hmm. that's less important um, more important is just like packing the archives with with all the different diversity of experiences so we're starting to work with yeah I, th I think that's um kind of a, a good place to end it on on um kind of that same train of thought that you just touched upon here but be, maybe uh finally to ask you as a historian as someone who who studies this and is immersed in it daily what is the message that you use what that, that you take away from our past that you apply to today's situation um i think the like um keeping in mind the like the fundamental positive things that like um be grateful for what you have and be um that your work matters, make it matter. And that community is really important and community meaning friends, family, um, whatever your community is like, we are social animals and we need each other and we are all vulnerable. Um, and so without one another, like we, we, crumble pretty quickly you know so even if we're not physically in the same space uh we need to just be in each other's lives regardless you know um and i think that 
you know, every time there has been hard times, like it causes people to come together and, you know, put their differences aside. Um, and so we need to do as has been done before. We need to just go with that, you know, and not be afraid to ask for help and not be afraid to like, um, step up, you know, and to do so in a, I mean, there are ways to do that in a safe way that don't, you know, put yourself at risk by like, you don't have to show up at the hospital and like, you know, you know, be a doctor for a day or something. Cause that's not really going to help anyone, but like, um, there's work in every field that matters. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, we've really, I know I've really, really enjoyed this conversation and catching up with you. Um, I can't wait to do it in person. And uh, like I said, add us to the list where we'd, we'd welcome a call from you anytime. Yeah. Right on. Thanks for, uh, for the interview. Really. Uh, it's fun to think about these things and talk. Yeah. Um, it's Def been a pleasure. Definitely. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah. Have a good one. Yeah, Take care. You too. Talk to you soon. Until next time. Well. Bye.